From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Mort Parkinson, Johnny, Eternity Mutual. Oh, how are you, Mort? I couldn't feel much worse. It's the olives that do it, not the martinis. I wish it were that simple. Can you come over to my office right away, Johnny? Well, I guess so, if... I uh... don't often pull that confidential business, but I really would hesitate to go into this one on the phone. Pretty rough, huh? I'm afraid you're going to find it even worse than that. It's, uh... It's about Ed Morgan, Johnny. Ed Morgan? I'm sorry. I know he was a good friend of yours. He's one of the best I ever had. Ed was a great guy. It's too bad he had to die that way. Johnny, it's too bad he didn't die a year sooner. What? You'd better come on over at the office. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly... Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office Eternity Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the confidential matter. Item one, $2.85, taxi from my apartment to the Eternity Building in the seventh floor office of Mort Parkinson, vice president and general manager. It was a room I well remembered, with its blank walnut paneling and deep leather chairs. I'd worked on a lot of cases with Mort, and with the late Ed Morgan, too. And it sounded now as though Ed, my good friend from a long time back, was about to become a case himself. Come in, Johnny. Pull up a chair. Thanks, Mort. Well, that was quite a phone call. It's quite a situation. Yeah, I gathered that. No, oh, I just can't talk sitting down. Old habit, I guess. Remember when we used to be over in the old Johnstone building before we built this new one? We had those old-fashioned stand-up desks. It was when old man Clement was still alive. And before I was. Hmm? Oh, yes, I... Yes, I keep forgetting about you newcomers. Meaning everybody who's come into the game within the last 40 years. I suppose I am one of the original settlers. And set in my ways, too. Yeah, well, what about I you? sure hated to see those desks go. You could stand in front of them, lean an elbow on them, make out a report or a speech. Mart, do... you're trying too hard to avoid it. Avoid what? You didn't call me over here just to reminisce about the old days. In a way, maybe I did. You know, it's funny... I always thought you liked Ed Morgan. But I did. Then why did you say it's too bad he didn't die a year sooner? Because I liked him. Except like is too weak a word, actually. I thought as much of Ed as I would have of my own son if I'd had one. Why, I'm the one who hired him in the first place. Remember, Johnny? Yeah, I remember. And I took a personal interest in his career. Watched him work his way up. Till finally he was appointed chief adjuster for the West Coast, head of our San Francisco claims office. That was darn good for a man as young as he was. And I was proud of him, Johnny. Yeah, I know. I know you were. He was a hard worker, honest, dependable. And he had a good, sound future ahead of him. And then, just like that. Accidents are usually just like that. A foggy night, sharp curve, and he drove his car off a cliff into the Pacific Ocean. And that was that. Tragedy. Fini, the end. Only it apparently wasn't the end. Or you wouldn't have called me over here. No, it wasn't, Johnny. I wish it had been. Meaning? You'd better brace yourself. 
Within two weeks after Ed Morgan's death, we started getting complaints from some of our clients. Out. What do you mean, complaints? Oh, demands for adjustment on claims Ed had reported paid weeks before, requests for past due settlements, and so on. Mort, I don't get it. Neither did I. So I sent a company accountant out to San Francisco on the QT and put him to work on the claims files. And we found out, Johnny. You found out what? That Ed's accounts had been doctored for some time. What? Johnny, in the months before he was killed, he'd embezzled nearly $80,000. Ed Morgan? Ed Morgan. I don't believe it. He did it. You might as well accept the fact. Anybody else, yes, anybody else. But not Ed. For one thing, money didn't mean that much to him. I know. We were always joshing him about living like an old hermit instead of a young bachelor. Well, then why would he do it, steal $80,000 after all these years of being honest? What would he want that would cost that much money? That's exactly what I wish you'd find out. Now, wait a second, Mort. Wait a second. This is one I don't want any part of. Neither do I. But I'm afraid I'm stuck with it. And you are too, in a way. Why? Because Ed was your friend. Here's a flight ticket and reservation to San Francisco. Plane leaves in two hours. No, no, no. I'd rather pass it, Mort. Well, so would I. But we can't. Neither of us. There are too many questions left. And they've got to be answered. Not by me. $80,000 of the company's money is missing. I can't just write it off and forget it. It has to be accounted for. There are other investigators, Mort. And another thing that's just as important, to me at least, is to find out why he did it. It's a failure in human dynamics. A man like Ed, a man everybody respected and trusted, and he goes wrong. Why? Get somebody else to find out. I'd be pretty grateful if you'd do it, Johnny. Mort, I just don't want any part of I it. I know how you feel. It's quite a shock to find out he was a crook. It's like somebody pulling the rug out from under you. So now you want to forget all about him. Leave him safely dead and buried. Dead, Mort, but not buried. If you remember, they recovered the car, but not his body. It's still somewhere beneath the Pacific. All right, then. Look at it from an efficiency standpoint, if nothing else. To any other investigator, Ed Morgan would be just a name, an unknown quantity. But you knew him. I thought I did. Regardless of what he did, Johnny, I just hate to think of a stranger pouring into his past. Maybe I still think back to the old times in the old country when the family buried their own dead. I know, I know. And sometimes, Johnny, a friend has to go all the way. Even when the other person is... Uh, uh, goofed, isn't that what the younger generation calls it? I'm not the younger generation, Mort. Right now, I'm older than Confucius. I'd sure appreciate it, Johnny. And after all, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. And like you said, Ed was my friend. All right, Mort, let's have the ticket. Item two, $14.35, tips, taxi, and incidentals in Hartford and same in San Francisco. Plane trip between points paid from expense account of company manager and not included herewith. I went straight from the airport to Ed's last address when he was still alive, an apartment house in the Knob Hill section called the Drakeley Arms. And there's where I got my first surprise. Ed had always been the two-room bachelor walk-up type. But the Drakeley Arms consisted of equal parts of glitter, glass, swank, and price, including a uniform doorman, a small private bar off the lobby, and an assistant manager with a gardenia on his lapel. Oh, he was a rare one, that manager. And it was a real gardenia. I am, of course, most desirous of assisting you in every way possible, Mr. Uh, uh, what did you say your name was? Dollar. 
D-O-L-L. I can spell dollar. I'll bet you can. I beg your pardon? Oh, it's quite all right. I didn't mean... You didn't mean to be offensive, I understand. Now, about the former occupant of Suite 14. Mr. Dollar, I'm terribly afraid. Oh, please don't be. I mean, there is simply very little I can tell you about the late Mr. Morgan. A matter of discretion? Is that it? Discretion? A policy of the house? Something of that sort? Well, we do, of course, try to protect the privacy of our residents. I'm sure you understand. Even to the extent of turning down $20? Uh, well... A curse one, isn't it? Uh, under the circumstances... Nice of likeness of Andrew Jackson, isn't it? Thank you, sir. Gratuities of this nature are always so helpful in smoothing the rough pathway of human relations. Don't you think so, Mr. Dollar? Definitely. It's already helping you remember my name. Uh, well, money is a mental stimulant, isn't it? Don't call it money. Just think of it as item three. I beg your pardon. Item... Oh, that's quite all right. I meant... Yeah, I know. It's a kind of a habit I seem to be picking up. Now, has your memory been stimulated any in regard to Ed Morgan? Oh, yes, the late Mr. Morgan... Pardon me, Mr. Dollar. Yes? Oh, yes, Countess Margie. Yes, I'll be delighted to send the boy up for two quarts of suds. Suds? Would a nice dry Bavarian ale be... Yes, Countess, just plain beer. Yes, Countess, right away. <sighs> Frightful old lady. He mixes it with creme de menthe, you know. <laughs> now, where were we, Mr. Dollar? We weren't, not yet. Oh, yes, the late Mr. Morgan. Well... He'd been our guest, you understand, for about six months at the time of his uh, tragic accident. What was he paying for his suite of rooms? Oh, well, ordinarily, we don't release information of Forget that. Forget it. This is not ordinary. How much? Uh, $1,200 a month. I see. Oh, he was a true gentleman, if I may say so. A bon vivant. And uh, on the crassly materialistic side, if you'll forgive me, sir, a very free spender. Sorry, 20's the limit. Mr. Dollar, I was not trying to coerce your generosity by... Well... Putting on another bite? Precisely. All right. So Ed was bedded down in a mink-lined stall and was throwing money around like water. What else? Who came to see him? What sort of visitors did he have? Well, none at all that I can recall. None at all? He leased that overpriced cubicle and then just sat in it? Well... What about friends here in the building? Well, most of our guests might be termed individually exclusive. <laughs> Even eccentric in some cases. Except, of course, Mrs. Barrett. Mrs. Barrett? Yes. One of the loveliest guests we've ever had the pleasure of... Excuse me, Mr. Dollar... Yes. Yes, Countess Margie. The boy is on his way. I know. But he has to go clear down to the corner. Yes. Well, please tell little Pim-Pam that I'm so sorry. A dog drinks that stuff, too. Now, where were we? About this Mrs. Barrett you mentioned. Oh, yes. Well, of course, she and Mr. Morgan were inseparable, you understand. They were together constantly. And Mr. Barrett? Oh, there wasn't any. Well, not recently, I mean. Uh, deceased. You know, dead. Yeah, when? Early this year, as I recall. I didn't know him, of course. Mrs. Barrett moved in here shortly after his death. Not until then. And Ed Morgan, when did he move in? About uh, six weeks later. Oh, he met her here then? Oh, no. No, they were already acquainted. <laughs> well acquainted. I see. In fact, I believe that Mr. Morgan and the young and very lovely widow met at the time of her husband's death. A matter of uh, settling the estate or something of that sort. It would figure all right. Uh, but I don't you remember said... exactly why I thought so, but I do recall having an impression at the time that he moved in here only because of her. And as I say, they were together constantly right from the first. That's all very interesting. I wonder if I could have a talk with this, Mrs. Barrett. Mm, that would be utterly impossible, I'm afraid. Now, look, if you think you can I pry... simply mean she isn't here. Isn't here? She's been gone for ten days now. Where'd she go? 
I really haven't the slightest idea, Mr. Dollar. Well, if she moved out, she must have left a forwarding address of some kind. Well, she didn't move out. She still has her apartment here. She'll be back eventually, I imagine. But at the moment, she's... I haven't heard a word from her since she left. Oh, poor dear. You know, one can understand why she'd want to get away for a while. Such a tragic coincidence, having two deaths of exactly the same... Oh, confound that woman. Wait a minute. What do you mean by tragic coincidence? Hmm? Oh, well, as I understand it, Mrs. Barrett's husband also died in some sort of accident. Yes, Countess. Now, here is our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, the trail back into a man's past is a faint and twisting one. And at times, it runs through quicksand. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Mac Woodson, Mr. Dollar. The girl from the claims office called and uh, gave me this number. Oh, yes, Mr. Woodson. It seems we're working on the same case for the same company. Well, I've been working on Mr. Ed Morgan's files and records here for the past week now. I've turned up some... How much is missing? Well, about $80,000 so far. All of it was taken during the four months immediately preceding his death. I'll, I'll say one thing. In 20 years as an accountant, I've never seen a looting more cleverly carried out. Oh, Ed was a very bright lad. A man who'd go far, they all said. Did uh, you know him, Mr. Dollar? I thought I did. He was one of my best friends. But it turns out I'm only beginning to know him. Could you meet me in his office around 10 o'clock, Mr. Woodson? Yes, yes, that's where I am now. I've been working on these books day and night. Better be careful. That's what got Ed into trouble. Uh, How's that? Tonight, and every weekday night... Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office, Eternity Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment... The Confidential Matter. Location, San Francisco. Expense account continued. Item four, one dollar, one martini. Item five, one dollar, one tip to the bartender who stirred the martini. All in the house that Jack built. I don't know who built it, actually, but it took Jack to live in it. Twelve hundred bucks a month, to be exact. That was the take-home bite for an apartment at the Drakeley Arms on Knob Hill. And, of course, that didn't include drinks in the intimate little private bar just off the lobby. And this is where Ed Morgan had lived during the last five months of his life, until he missed a curve one night and drove his car off a cliff into the Pacific. Ed Morgan, whose idea of a big night had always been his pipe, slippers, and a mystery novel. But things were different when I'd known him and been his friend. For one thing, he hadn't stolen $80,000. Or I don't think he had. Do you find the martini adequate to your expectations, sir? Oh, yeah. Yeah, indeed. It's a heck of a belt for a buck. Thank you, sir. Quite a nice little place you got here. Oh, I find it a most agreeable sanctuary from the stress and strife and the hurly-burly of the city. Been here long? I have tended by here in the Drakeley Arms Rendezvous for some two years now. 
Oh, well, then you may have known a friend of mine who had an apartment here uh, up until a month ago. Uh, Mr. Edward Morgan? Oh, yes. Mr. Morgan was a regular customer here. An eager supplicant for my humble and healing wares. A beer drinker, mostly, as I recall. Uh, the rendezvous does not serve beer, sir. Oh, forgive me. I didn't know. Quite all right, sir. Yes, I was here before Mr. Morgan moved in. and Here I am still, now that he is no longer with us. Such is the chance and mystery of life. <sighs> One just never knows. Precisely. Oh, could I serve mm, you Not another... yet, thanks. Get to know Ed pretty well, did you? Mm, the policy of the Drakely Arms, sir, is to maintain a certain degree of formality in relations between guests and personnel. <laughs> sort of like a zoo, you might say, with bars to separate the people from the animals. <laughs> the comparison is quite apt. Somehow, I can't see Ed Morgan sacking in in a marble squirrel cage like this, John. Mm, I confess, I... He hardly seemed the type to me, sir. He was much too unrestrained for the Drakeley. He came in here a lot, did he? Almost nightly. For a few minutes, at least, on his way to some gala night spot. Gala night spot, Ed Morgan? Oh, yes. In all the years I knew Ed, I was only able to drag him into a gala night spot once. He stayed 20 minutes, then left because his tie was choking. Are you quite certain that your friend was the same Ed Morgan? I wish I weren't. Who were his friends? Did he always come in alone? Oh, no. No, never alone, sir. He and Nicky were inseparable. Nicky? Oh, I should say, of course, Mrs. Barrett. Oh, a young widow, as I remember. Lives here in the building. A lovely girl. Fascinating. And also unrestrained? Definitely. And Ed, then, was one of her friends. Oh, they were together every night, sir. An hour here in our little establishment, a few champagne cocktails... Then out to dinner, dancing, the opera, ballet. Ed Morgan? Oh, quite. Life was just a mad whirl for those two. I gather your friend was something of a wealthy playboy. He was a claims adjuster for an insurance company. Hmm. Then uh, how could he possibly live in the fashion he did? If I told you, you'd flip. I beg your pardon? Tell me something. Was Ed in here on the night he was killed? Oh, yes, yes. He left here about uh, nine, as I recall. And a few hours later, he was dead. How did this Nikki take it? Pretty broken up, was she? Uh, she is a woman of very strong character. Oh, in other words, she didn't ban an eye. Well, I Look, wouldn't... that night Ed was killed. Did he leave here alone? No, sir. He was alone when he went off the cliff. Not when he left here, though. Nikki was with him. Item six, $2.40, taxi to the Telegraph Hill apartment of Lisa Duval. Lisa had been Ed Morgan's secretary for about four years. But it seemed Miss Mousy business at the office was Miss North Beach Bohemia at home. Italian slacks and halter, cushions on the floor, and naturally a view of the Bay Bridge from a corner window. We sat on the floor, naturally, and drank Chianti from a half-gallon jug while a record player moaned agonizedly under the gouging of its needle. Bartok, I gathered, was now last year's kick... This was Progressive Jazz. Maybe it seems a little affected to you, Mr. Dollar. The way I dress and live in private life, as you might say. Why so? Everybody's got a right to salt his own dish of porridge the way he likes it. Well, I've done this deliberately, I guess, as a sort of antidote for the insurance business. <laughs> Has it been that bad? Not bad. Boring. Oh, not your end of it, of course. Investigation work must be exciting. Yes, yeah, scream a minute, day and night. But just keeping records, filing papers week after week. 
I used to stare out of the office window at the ships and the harbor and think about stowing away on one. But of course, I didn't have the nerve. Mm, too bad. The crews would have been delirious. I thought of quitting several times. I guess I stayed because of Ed, Mr. Morgan. Oh? It was always so wonderful to work for. So lenient and understanding. Up until the last few months, at least. What about those last few months, Lisa? What came over him? I don't know. He was different, that's all. As though he were tense and nervous, under pressure. Any idea where the pressures came from? He didn't confide in me, Mr. Dollar. What, uh, what were your personal relations between the two of you during the years you worked for him? What do you mean? Well, I mean, were you friendly, formal, strictly business? Friendly, I think, would cover it best. Did you see each other outside of office hours? Occasionally. I notice one of his pipes there in the bookcase. He'd come here sometimes in the evening, and we'd listen to music and talk. Up until the... Until the last few months? It wasn't that we stopped being friends, Mr. Dollar. He was... he was just different, that's all. Tense, under pressure. That's about the only way I can describe it. But you don't know why he was that way. Well, looking back, I suppose it was because of the money. If he really did take it. I just... I just can't believe it. Ed wasn't that kind of a man. He was gentle and honest. At least until... Until the last few months. Yes. Or were you going to say... Until she came along? How did you... Lisa. Yes. How long have you been in love with Ed? Ever since I started to work for him. But he never knew it. He couldn't even see me. I'm sorry, Lisa. I'm sorry for you too, Mr. Dollar. I know how close you and Ed were. And I know how you must feel being called in and having... Forget it. It's a job, that's all. Sure, just a job. So is major surgery. This woman he was going around with, Nikki Barrett... Did you ever meet her? I met her. What did you think? What's the difference? I was prejudiced. I'll allow for that. In the old days, they used to believe in witches, vampires. Some of them were very beautiful, and they'd lure a man on and on, and then destroy him. And you think she did something like that to Ed? Oh, you weren't out this way during the time he knew her. You weren't around him to see how he'd changed. No, no. Oddly enough, the one time I was through here about three months ago, Ed was unexpectedly called away on business. He wasn't called away. He was avoiding you. He knew he was getting in too deep. How did he meet her? She came to the office with a life insurance claim. $50,000. Her husband had just died. I knew her type from the minute she walked in. The grieving widow, all in black, and looking like a powers model. And he just melted down and laid his head under her foot. That was the start of it. Why'd she come to him? Unless she had a disputed claim. It was a double indemnity clause. Her husband had been killed in an accident. Her husband, too, huh? What do you mean? Ed Morgan died in an accident. Remember? Item 7, $1.15, taxi from Lisa's apartment to the Deckman building on Montgomery Street. It was after 10, and the financial district was nearly deserted. The canyons between the tall buildings were hollow and empty. A cold wind was blowing off the bay. 
Or maybe it was blowing out of the past. An old, old past, dead and far away. The pattern was beginning to look familiar. Too familiar. Lord, the woman gave me the forbidden apple to eat. Ed, too, it seemed. The same old wine, the same old dodge. And yet there was something not quite right about that pattern. Cotton runs into some funny ones, Mr. Dollar. This Morgan case here is one of them. How do you mean, Mr. Woodson? Well, the way he was going about it, for one thing. Running hog wild, as you might say. Of course, as I said on the phone, his general scheme was pretty clever. He certainly knew standard procedures. Well, he'd been with the company a long time. Well, now, these uh, payoff checks on claims, of course, they were sent out from Hartford in care of this office. So what Morgan did was open a disbursement account in the bank here, then sign and deposit the checks and draw out the money in cash chargeable to direct disbursement funds under his own name. Mr. Woodson... Now, of course, the canceled checks would return to Hartford, but... Since they were countersigned to disbursement, they wouldn't even be processed. Instead, they'd be returned to Morgan. So, you see, there'd be no evidence well, in Hartford. Mr. To... Woodson, I'll accept the fact that Ed was clever. But what did you mean there was something funny in the way he was going about it? Well, he must have known it couldn't last. It was a good scheme for a short time, but it carried the seeds of its own destruction. In what way? Complaints. Some of these claims are four months old and legitimate claims. Morgan couldn't stall these people off forever. I see. Only other embezzlement case I've worked on that was similar was a man who worked a quick swindle for a blackmail payoff. He knew he'd probably get caught, but he just had to take the chance. Yeah, you may have stumbled onto something, Mr. Woodson. Oh, is that so? You mean it ties in with that file folder you've been studying there? Oh, I don't know. It's an investigation report on an accidental death happened about a year ago. Ed Morgan handled the insurance claim and got to know the widow. He'd been running around with her for several months just before his death. Well, Quite see the con- Oh, oh, of course. Mr. Morgan also died in an accident. Unless he was murdered. Now, here is our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, $80,000 and a beautiful girl, both missing. Then one of the two is found and a bombshell explodes. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Hector, Mr. Dollar. Hector? Hector Nerkley, at the Drakeley Arms Apartments. You were here night before last, inquiring about the late Mr. Morgan. Oh, yes, I remember. What can I do for you, Mr. Nerkley? Oh, it's really quite the other way around. All right, what can you do for me? Well, I can give you some very interesting information, if you care to come over here. Why can't you give it to me on the phone? I'll tell you exactly why, Mr. Dollar, when you come over. Oh, for the love of Pete. Temper, temper. And why not? A month ago, the best friend I had in the world drove his car off a cliff into the Pacific. And his body's still out there in the ocean somewhere. It's never been recovered. Mr. Dollar. Then it turns out he was $80,000 short in his accounts. I can't find the money, you know, the woman he was running around with before his death. I can't find out anything. And now if I want some... All right, I'll be there in 30 minutes. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location San Francisco. 
to the home office, Eternity Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the confidential matter. Expense account continued. Item nine, a dollar and 70 cents taxi from my hotel to the Drakely Arms Apartments. A snooty high-priced joint where Ed Morgan had lived during the last four months of his life. Ed Morgan, a pipe and slippers bachelor who'd suddenly and strangely turned to champagne cocktails and high living. Who, as head of an insurance claims office, had found a way of swindling his employer out of $80,000 in four months. And who died a month ago as mysteriously as he'd lived. This was the man who at the moment was my assignment. Whose past I was supposed to uncover. And he was also the man who'd been my lifelong friend. Good evening, Mr. Dollar. My, you did make excellent time. Now, look, if this turns out to be a runaround, so help Temper. me out. Temper? All right, all right. You said you had some very important information that couldn't be discussed over the phone. Well, it could have been discussed, of course. But, well, this information has to do with one of our guests, Mr. Dollar. A certain lovely young widow whom you seemed most concerned about the last time. Nikki Barrett. Quite. Has she come back? Is she here? I'm afraid not. Then what is it? First, I must ask you what your intentions are toward Mrs. Barrett. Well, I'm not going to marry her. Please, the... I hardly thought you were. All right, then what's the point? Simply this. I happen to be in a position to put you in touch with Mrs. Barrett. Do you know where she's hiding out? Hiding out? All right, I'll drop the implication. Do you know where she is? I do. Well, then let's have it. Why do you wish to find her? Because she's the only lead I've got on the Morgan case. She and Ed were thicker than thieves during the four months before his death. And she was with him the night he was killed. Earlier in the evening, at least. Are you going to have her arrested? No, no. I just want to ask her some questions. I've got no case against her. Not yet, at least. Mr. Dollar, can I depend upon you in one very important respect? What's that? Under no circumstances must you let Mrs. Barrett know that I told you where she is. What's the matter? Afraid the board of directors would bust you to bellhop and strip off your gardenia? That is not amusing. Nor too improbable, as a matter of fact. After all, the watchword of the Drakely Arms is discretion. Yeah, well, all right. It's a deal. I won't tell her. Of course, there is one more little detail. Oh, now what? Well, the last time you requested information from me, Mr. Dollar, you were kind enough and uh, generous enough. Uh, well, really, this is a bit awkward. What is it, Hector? Is the gardenia fund getting low? Well, you did say, as I recall, that it was merely an item in an expense account. All right, Here's another 20 bucks. Oh, thank you, sir. Now, what about Nikki Barrett? Well, we just received a letter from Mrs. Barrett. She asks that her mail be forwarded to her in care of American Express. Panama City, Panama. Item 10, $20, gratuity. Item 11, $388.45, hotels, some telegrams, incidentals in San Francisco, and plane fare to Panama. I'd sent wires ahead before I left the States. It wasn't until after I'd cleared customs and was heading for the American Express office that I was certain the messages had produced any results. Uh, dispense me, por favor. Yeah? You are uh, Senor Johnny Dollar from the Estados, no? That's right. Capitan Garcia Ramulio of the Panama Federal Police. Oh. As you me, senor. Oh, glad to know you, Captain. I am honored, senor. We have received your telegram, and I have been instructed to cooperate with you very intensive. Well, it may take just that. Now, about the woman I described in the telegram. The Senora Barrett. Oh, Santa Madre, what a beautiful woman. So I've heard. 
You have not uh, had the pleasure of acquainting her? Not yet. The best of your life is before you in that case. Then I'll speed up and get to it. So you've already located her, huh? Oh, but of course, senor. She has not um, changed her name, as you think, perhaps. So it was most simple. Good. Glad it didn't cause you too much trouble. Trouble? Senor, merely to gaze upon such a one is worth a lifetime of trouble. Which is exactly what it caused a couple of guys I know. Uh, such eyes, such hair, such lips, yeah. such... Yeah, uh, well, uh, what do you say uh, we... Forgive have... me, senor. I am carried away with it. Well, where is this living little doll staked out at the moment? She is registered at the Hotel Primeso, uh, room 17. Uh, Hotel Primeso? This is not the most unusual, I think. What do you mean? The Primeso is one hotel very small, which is uh, located on the waterfront. It's most for sailors, fishermen. I see. The beautiful tourist, or one would think to find in a hotel of more elegance. She may be deliberately staying away from the tourist belt. Yes, sabe, senor. Who can tell the reasons of a woman? Yeah. Is she living there alone? So I have been informed. You expect someone with her? I don't know what to expect. I don't even know why she came here. I'm moving in blind. Uh, see, life is most difficult at times. Uh, you didn't talk to her, did you? Let her know you were checking on her? Please, senor. Uh, I'm sorry, Captain. I had to be sure. She is most entirely without suspicion. Good, good. Well, I suppose I'd better check into a hotel first. Uh, then what are your plans, senor? I don't know exactly. I'll talk to her, try to get some answers. And from there on, I'll just have to call it as I go. I hope uh, this lovely lady has not involved in some uh, serious crime. I hope not, too. But I wouldn't bet much on it. Item 12, $8, taxi, flat rate for the rest of the day. And by the time I checked into a hotel and showered and changed, the rest of the day didn't have long to go. The Hotel Promesa was on the waterfront, as Captain Garcia had said, and some distance from town. But although it wasn't a tourist trap, Neither was it quite the sailor's flophouse I'd been led to expect. It was built native style with bamboo shutters and wide verandas, half buried in a thicket of mango and banana. Five bucks bought me the desk clerk's undying affection, and two minutes later I stood unannounced at the door of room 17. Just a minute. It's about time. I ordered that ice at least a... I, I thought you were the bellboy. No. The name is Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar. Mind if I come in, Mrs. Barrett? What for? Well, it would be more comfortable than trying to talk out here in the veranda. What is it you want to talk about? A friend of mine. Name of Ed Morgan. All right. Come on in. Sit down, Mr. Dollar. Thanks. I'd offer you a drink, but there's no ice. And it's in this kind of heat. I don't care for a drink, thanks. You'd think it would cool off after the sun goes down, but it doesn't, at least not very much. Sometimes a breeze comes up from the... from... What are you staring at, Mr. Dollar? You. Why? I'd had such glowing reports about you that I was sure they were exaggerated. They weren't. Thanks. And did you come all the way down here just to check those glowing reports? How do you know I came all the way down here? What do you mean? Maybe I'll live here. No. I've heard of you before. Ed, Mr. Morgan used to talk about you. Was it Ed or Mr. Morgan? You don't miss much, do you? I try not to. It was Ed, as you undoubtedly knew. Yes, I knew. But I wasn't sure why. Why? Why he lost his head. Now that I've seen you, I can understand. 
Who wouldn't? Oh, please. I'd rather not talk about it, Mr. Dollar. Ever since that terrible accident, there's been only one thing I've wanted. To forget. Well, I'm sorry to have to bring up unpleasant memories, Mrs. Barrett, but I've got to ask you some questions. There's nothing... The night of his death, what time did he leave you? What do you mean? You were together earlier in the evening. You left the bar at the Drakeley Arms together at 9 o'clock, but shortly after midnight, when Ed ran his car off a cliff into the Pacific, he was apparently alone. We went to dinner, then he brought me back to the apartment house. He was going to Half Moon Bay to see a client. That's why he happened to be on that road. I don't want to talk about it, Mr. Dollar. It's horrible to think of him dying that way. His body's still out there in the ocean somewhere. That's why I came down here. To get away and try to forget. Then you thought quite a lot of him, huh? We were going to be married. I see. Well, it's, uh, it's too bad it didn't work out with all the wealth Ed had and the beauty you wealth. have. Well, I... I had the idea that he just worked for an insurance company. And lived the way he did? Oh, come now, Mrs. Barrett. Well, actually, I didn't really consider it. My husband had left me quite well off. How long were you married before he died? Only ten months. Oh, you do have bad luck, don't you? I don't think this attitude of yours... Relax. Here, have a cigarette. I don't smoke. Oh. Do you mind if I do? No, of course not. Thanks. Do you have a suite here, Mrs. Barrett, or just this one room? Just this room. Why? Oh, and then this door must lead to the bath. What do you think you're doing? Empty, huh? Of course it's empty. Uh-huh. Then the other possibility is that closet. Stay away from there. When I came in, there was cigarette smoke in the air, stubs in the ashtray. There's no one here. Stay away from there. Oh, look, Mrs. Barrett, turning out the lights may be romantic, but it's not the idea of... What? You... I was still conscious but groggy, and I couldn't seem to get off the floor. I heard someone moving, heard the door to the veranda open and close. I shook my head and tried to clear it. I finally staggered to my feet and found the light switch. Nicky Barrett was cowering back against the wall, staring at me, scared, but not saying anything. I stumbled toward the door. The veranda was empty. There was no sign of movement in the shadows. So there was somebody hiding in that closet. No. There wasn't anybody here. I'm the one who hit you. You'd have to have a fist three times your size. It's true. Forget it. I know the game now. I should have known it a lot sooner. You're wrong. There's only one person in this world who tears cigarettes apart and shreds the paper that way. No. The two of you, in on it together. They didn't find his body because there wasn't anybody to find. He's still alive. He was right here in this room. That was Ed Morgan. Now, here is our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, a search for a dead man who intends to stay dead and who's willing to kill to do it. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Capitan Garcia Ramulio of the Panama Federal Police. Good. Your sergeant said he could locate you in a matter of minutes. I am never lost from contact, senor. You have uh, talked with the beautiful tourista, no? I have talked with her, yes, and I ended up getting socked in the jaw. 
these Americano women are so very much athletics. No, she didn't hit me. It was a guy who was hiding out in a closet. Somehow I doubt it. Look, Garcia, it was the man I came down here to question her about. I'm sure of it. But, senor, you have to tell me... Yeah, I know. Apparently his death was faked. I think he's here, hiding out somewhere in Panama City. Do you think you can find him? When my men make the search, senor, even a little dog could not escape. Then go to it. His name is Ed Morgan, but he may be using another one. The charge is embezzlement. You know his description, senor? I ought to. He's been one of my best friends for years. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Panama. To the home office, Eternity Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the confidential matter. Expense account continued. Item 14, $12.85, telegram to Hartford, advising them that the case had turned in a completely new direction. I'd taken the case with the idea of digging up a man's past, a man who had been one of my best friends. Of finding out why, after a life of complete honesty and loyalty to his company, he had suddenly gone wrong and embezzled $80,000. I'd found out that part of the why was probably a lovely young widow named Nikki Barrett. But I'd found out more. The man we thought dead, who'd supposedly drowned when his car went off a cliff into the Pacific Ocean, was still alive. So now it was a matter of filing charges, requesting extradition from Panama, and of course capturing the fugitive. That I left to Captain Garcia for the moment and went to bed. I came down to breakfast the next morning, I still hadn't heard back from Garcia. But I did get a return engagement from my little playmate of the night before. Good morning, Johnny. Hmm? Oh, well. Good morning, Mrs. Barrett. I came into town early especially to see you. Why? A deep concern as to whether I survived that sock in the jaw? No. No concern, really. I imagine you have a pretty tough jaw. Do you mind if I sit down? If you promise not to double up your fist. I can explain that, Johnny. With all night to think about it? Yeah, I bet you can. How about some breakfast? I don't really... They got a special this morning. Fried fish and papaya. Oof. Tastes even worse than it sounds. No, I'll just have some coffee. That we already have. Sugar, cream? Just black. Thank you. All right, you're on. Spin it off. Well... I'll admit it was silly to claim I was the one who hit you last night. Of course it was silly. I know who hit me. You don't. It was Ed Morgan. He was hiding in the closet in your hotel room. You're wrong, Johnny. It, you don't mind if I call you Johnny, do you? I mean, you and Ed were such close friends. I feel I almost know you. You could be wrong, Mrs. Barrett. I used to think I knew Ed until he met you and decided to tap the till for 80 grand. All right, call me Johnny if it gives you more confidence in your act. It's not an act. Okay, if you didn't hit me and Ed didn't, then who was it? Let's just say it was a friend. <laughs> he wasn't very friendly to me. He misunderstood you coming there. He shouldn't have been there himself. He's, well, he's married. and Not that I knew it, though, until last night. 
That's not a bad attempt, Mrs. Barrett, at a snow job. But I still don't buy it. Better drink your coffee. Johnny, Ed was drowned in San Francisco when his car ran off into the ocean. He's dead. How can he be dead in San Francisco and still be tearing up cigarettes in Panama? I did that. You don't even smoke. But the man who was there last night does. And I tore the cigarettes in that peculiar way. I picked up the habit from Ed. I just did it absent-mindedly, I guess. Well, this gets better as it goes along. Well, I'm not lying. It's true. No, I mean this fish and papaya. I guess you just have to get used to the mixture. Oh, please, Johnny. You're not even touching your coffee. If I drink it, will you please listen to me? I am listening to you. I just don't believe you. Look, we all make mistakes. Last night, you made a guess. You thought that was Ed, but you were wrong. So why be stubborn about it and cause a lot of unnecessary trouble? Let's forget it and be friends. Can't afford it, sweetie. I haven't got that kind of money. Do you think I sell my friendship? It cost Ed $80,000 of the company's money. No. How much of that did you get? Half of it? No. More than half of it? No, I don't know what you're talking about. How much does he have left Stop now? Stop it! Stop saying such things. All right. Can't you understand? Once and for all, Ed isn't here. Nor anywhere else. He's dead. No, he isn't. But I wish to heaven he were. What do you mean? Just that. But he was your friend. That's right. He was my friend. When I heard about his accident, heard he'd been killed, it hit hard. It hurt plenty. And I guess it hurt even more when I learned he'd been stealing from the company. Johnny. So I took the job of digging into the mess and trying to find some answers. I didn't want the job, didn't want any part of it, but I took it anyway. Somebody had to do it. And he had been my friend once. And then I find out he's still alive. No, so you see what it means? Now I've got to catch him and take him back to stand trial. And that's going to be even tougher than facing his death and the fact he was a crook. If Ed were alive, you'd take him back? Help send him to prison like any other common criminal? That's what he is, isn't he? But he was your friend. Oh, skip it. You wouldn't understand. I might, if you'd let me try. The only thing you're trying to do, Mrs. Barrett, is to con me into thinking I might possibly be wrong. Thinking maybe it was somebody else in your room last night. I told you. The idea is to throw me off balance just long enough so the two of you can make a run for it. Nice try, only it won't work, so knock it off. Ed and I were going to be married, Johnny. And the shock of his death... I said skip it. Ed used to talk about you. He told me you were this way. Hard and cold and ruthless. Then he has no excuse. He knew what to expect. But I didn't believe it. I didn't think anyone could Buenos be dias, a... senor. Oh, good morning. I don't believe you've met my companion. I have not been so fortunate, senor. This is Captain Garcia of the Panama Police, Mrs. Barrett. Hello. I'm greatly honored, senora. Might be a good idea to take a careful look at her, Garcia. You will probably be arresting her in the next day or so as an accomplice to fraud. Let us hope such regrettable necessity is not happen. Thank you, Captain. I'm sure it won't. Mr. Dollar has a rather boorish sense of humor. I comprehend, senora. Uh, Mr. Dollar, it is possible, perhaps, that uh, I speak a little with you? Yeah, sure. I imagine Mrs. Barrett will be happy to excuse me at this point. Hasta la vista, senora. Remember, Johnny. He was your friend. I did not wish to mention this matter before the senora. Oh? I think it's better she is not here. Here what? Have you turned up something? Yes, si, senora. I have to tell you, not even the little dog can hide from Garcia. So? We have located this man, Ed Morgan. I got into the police car with Captain Garcia, and we drove out of town and followed the shoreline for about six miles. 
Then we pulled up near a cluster of rickety wharves built around the edge of a tiny inlet. There were numerous native fishing boats tied against the pilings, but no village, no shacks, nor any other sign of a habitation. Garcia cut the water and lit a cigarette. Pues aquí estamos. Here we are, senor. Here? He's hiding out here? Si, senor. He lives on one of the little fishing boats which are tied to the wharf. The number three one there, which is blue painted, you see? Yeah, I see it. Well, a place like this would be safer than a hotel. You're pretty sure it's him. Pues, Miguel Ronesto, who is on the boat, said this man come out here one month ago. He paid Miguel much money just to live on the boat, tie up at shore. And he is like you described, senor. I think so is him. All right. I'll go on board and talk to him. And uh, I think I'd better go along, Garcia. Whatever you wish, senor. I wait for you here. Okay. Ed? Ed Morgan. Ed? I know you're here, so you might as well answer. Cabin's unlocked. Come on down. Been a long time, Ed. Yeah, it has. Sorry the place is so littered up. Temporary quarters, you understand? Sit down. Thanks. Johnny, why did it have to be you? It had to be somebody, Ed, sooner or later. You should have known that. But not you. How'd you get out of me? I traced Mrs. Barrett down here. I thought you were dead until last night. She wasn't supposed to show here for six months. And last week, here she was. Couldn't wait. Why did you do it, Ed? You wouldn't understand. You've always had dames crazy about you without lifting a hand. But not me. This face always stopped him. Sure, I used to laugh about it, but... Well, you just wouldn't understand. And this woman was different, is that it? Nikki fell as hard as I did. I didn't know women like her even existed. She's for me all the way. Is she worth the price tag? $80,000? Cut it, Johnny. It's not that way. It's just that Nikki had always lived well, and I had to live that way, too, in order to be around her. I got in further and further, and finally I was in too deep to pull out. Did she know you were stealing from the company? Not at first. The blame's all mine, Johnny, not hers. You picked your own apples, that it? Call it that. And I didn't spend all that money. We decided to get out of the country, start a new life together. I figured I'd need that much. And Nikki agreed to that plan? Sure. That's why she's here. She sold out and came on down. Only she didn't, Ed. She still has her apartment in San Francisco. You're wrong, Johnny. She sold her furniture, her clothes, the everything. The stuff is all there, Ed. I saw it. You're lying, Johnny. She pulled stakes. She told me. Okay, she told you. Guess you know why I'm here. I know why you think you're here. Hold it, Johnny. Don't move. I've had this gun on you since you came on board. I know you have. But I wonder if you'd really use it. Don't try to find out. And don't tell me I'm in a spot. I know that. But I'm going on as far as I can. And if I have to kill to do it, then I'll kill. Maybe I could have stopped him. Maybe he wouldn't have fired, I don't know. And for one reason or another, I didn't feel much like finding out. I let him go. He backed out of the cabin hatch and bolted it on the outside. I heard him cross the deck and run along the wharf. 
And I waited for Garcia to call out to challenge him. The only sound was a car motor starting up and speeding away. Then I heard somebody come running down the wharf. Senor Dollar! Get the door open, Garcia. Where is he? What happened? He take the car, senor. He's me to blame. I, I am not alert. Before I know it, Never he's... mind. Where's the nearest telephone? Two miles, senor. Two miles? How do we get there? But how else, senor? We walk? Now, here is our star to tell you about tomorrow's final episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, fate plays a devil's tune, collects a payment long overdue, and the music ends on a scream. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar... Capitan Garcia Ramulio, senor. Oh, Garcia. At the Panama Federal Police. Tell me, have senor, you... Senor, the most intensive troubles are being extended in this matter. Which means you haven't found him yet. Every man of the police is active alert. I'm happy to hear it. You may rest assured, senor, that the capture of this dangerous Americano gangster is occur at any moment. Have you found any trace of him? Senor, I wish to advise you that the entire resource of my policia is at the reposal of our good neighbor of the north. Thank you very much. Do you know where he's headed? It is only by cooperation that our two great... Garcia. Nations... Si, senor. Do you have any idea at all what's happened to Ed Morgan? No, senor. <laughs> Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Panama, to the home office, Eternity Mutual Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the confidential matter. Expense account, final page. <laughs> Item 15, $1.10, taxi from my hotel to Plaza Bolivar in the office of Captain Garcia, Commandante of Police. It had been over an hour and a half since I'd let Ed Morgan point a gun at me and escape from the tiny fishing boat where he'd been hiding out for the past month. I'd expected the police to capture him within 30 minutes. There were only two highways out, and they'd both been blockaded immediately. But somehow, Ed, driving a stolen police car, had escaped the net. In fact, he'd done more than merely escape, as I discovered when I walked into the massive stone police headquarters. Ah, Senor Dollar, pleased to sit you down. Thanks. The most surprised thing is, of course, Senor. What do you mean? You will remember you say it's a fine idea to keep watch at the hotel of the Senora Barrett. Yeah, I thought Ed might try to get in touch with bueno, her. Bueno, see. So I do this thing. I send two men, and they watch for one hour. Que bobos, they're fools. Why so? They do not see the Senor Morgan. They do not see the Senor Barrett. But only after one hour do they think to talk with the manager. You know what he say? What? Senor Morgan come five minutes before they do, and he take the Senor away in the car. What the devil for? Can sabe, Senor. Driving a stolen car and just one jump ahead of the police, and he risks his neck to go after her? Why? Pues a veces el amor le vuelve loco a un hombre. Meaning? This love is sometimes make a man crazy in the head. I'll buy that one. It's something I am not understand so good, senor. What's that? How is it you are know all about this criminal? He wasn't always a criminal, Garcia. 
He was one of my best friends for 12 years. Uh, then I am much sympathy with you, senor. It's too unfortunate that you are have the job for arresting. Well, I didn't know he was alive when I took the job. Get this. The company ran an audit on his books and found an 80 grand shortage. I went to San Francisco to find out what happened to the money. Ed was supposedly dead at the time. We all thought so. Then I do not understand why you have come here to Panama. I came to talk to this Nicky Barrett, the woman he'd been running around with. I stumbled onto him by luck or accident or whatever you want to call it. Que curiosa es la vida. To live is like to fish, senor. One is never certain what he may pull up on the hook. Well, I've pulled up one here and I'd like to throw it back. But I guess you don't have much choice when you're... Dispense me, por favor. Bueno. Eh? Que dice? Si, si, yo sé. Cerca del mar. Santa madre, que tan lejos. What is it, Garcia? I lost him. Si, cuidelo bien. Venemos ahorita. Si, adios. What's wrong? What's happened? Senor Morgan and the senora, they have been found. Where? They have tried to escape by the old road on the cliff. He's abandoned, very dangerous. They are missed one bad curve and go into the ocean. Into the ocean? Si, senor. The car is under 10 meters of water. There is no sign of life. Expense account item 16, $75. Charter fee and one power launch. This included the services of a diver and line tender. We were just plain lucky on this one. A salvage company happened to be working in the port and had a man and equipment free at the moment. We took off along the coastline, and in less than an hour, we dropped anchor over the wreck. The diver had been lowered beneath the surface. The sea was calm against the rocks, but the water wasn't clear enough to see more than just the outline of the car lying over 30 feet down on the bottom. While we waited for the diver to come back up, I glanced toward the high cliff towering above us. A month ago, there'd been another cliff like that in San Francisco. Like I say, senor, life is too strange sometimes. So is death. This man, this woman, they meet, they look one at each other, and what are they think? A lot of things, maybe. But not that they'd end up here like this. How true it is, senor. Who can ever know if one day he will come to... Wait a second. Sir. The diver's coming up. Let's see. It's too bad he doesn't have the system of telephone. In this case, we can talk from the water. We didn't have time to rig it up. Well, we'll soon know, I guess. I'm most sorry for you, Senor Dollar, that your friend has to die like this. I faced the idea of his death a month ago and accepted it. Then I had to face some other things about him. Another shock now doesn't seem to have much meaning. It's just a matter of... Hey, there's the diver. He's up at the rail. Hey, let me give you a hand with that faceplate. I'll work on this side. It's very complicated, this diving business. Yeah. Well, this is kind of an old-fashioned rig. They got suits now with self-contained oxygen, independent control. Stuff the frogmen developed during and after the war. Yeah, it is. All right. There we go. All right, now, what'd you find? Oh, let me get a breath of raw air first. Oh. Better get that compressor motor fixed. Throws down more CO than oxygen. Come on, come on. How'd it look? That dollar, it's a mess. That car must have rolled over a dozen times coming down that cliff. All cracked up. Yeah, but what about... One door's half off and flattened back. All the glass is slivered. Looks like it had been bombed instead of just wrecked. Senor, is the... Yeah, the body of the woman is inside, but... There's no chance of getting it out without dropping a grappler and seeing if we can roll the car over. And the man? Is he... Nope. Just the woman. That's the only one down there. Again, the same pattern. A car plunging off a cliff into the ocean and a body missing from it. 
But this time, I was sure it wasn't faked. Ed wouldn't have done a thing like that to Nicky. Not to Nicky. And yet, his body was not in the wreck. I looked again at the high wall of the cliff, steep but not vertical. A car would have rolled and bounced coming down, as the diver had said. And one door was torn half off. The glass was smashed out. It was a possibility, as far as I could see, the only possibility. I had the captain run the launch in close. Then I jumped onto the rocks and started to climb. The slope was gentler than it had looked from the water, and the surface was broken by ravines. Clumps and thickets of tropical plants clung to the shelves, and the going was rough. A long ways from impossible. I'd made it halfway to the top when I found him, jammed in the trough of a gully. Broken, badly hurt, but still alive. Barely alive. That you, Johnny? Yeah. Easy now, Ed. Let me get a foothold here. We didn't make it, Johnny. You didn't have a chance, Ed. You should have realized. I know. Maybe I knew all along. Better not try to talk. It's kind of funny when you think about it. I mean, what happened here, just like we did it in San Francisco. Only this time it's real. Lost control. Yeah, this time it's real. Now, you lie still there. There are police on the road up above. We'll get some ropes down, have you out of here before you know it. Forget it, Johnny. It's no use. Them all smashed inside. I can't even move. All right. Maybe you got a broken bone or two, but that's no reason to... Don't lie to me, Johnny. I'm dying. We both know it. Am I right or not? Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid you're right. Doesn't matter anymore. Oh, Ed. Tell me, is... Is Nikki... She's dead. No. You're right about her, Johnny. Forget it, will you? Forget it. I made her come with me in the car. Held a gun on her. She got mad. Scared. She spilled the whole story. Ed, it doesn't make any difference now. It's funny. I thought she came down here before she was supposed to because she just couldn't wait to join me. But she only came to get the rest of the money. She wasn't planning to stay. Listen to me, Ed. This kind of talk She won't... didn't love me. Never did. She admitted it right before we went off the cliff. But I thought she did, Johnny, for a while. And nobody else ever let me even think it. Please, Ed, why don't you try to forget about it? You know something, Johnny? What? If I was to go back, I think I'd do the same thing again. Nikki, the way she could be when she wanted to, it gets you. Got me, anyway. It's crazy. Maybe there's just no answer for a guy like me. Except this. I don't know, Ed. I'm not a judge. Kind of figures, you know? Nikki dying, too. I bought her and paid for her. I at least ought to be able to take her with me. After all, I... Easy now. The money. What's left of it? It's inside my coat. Give it to Moore. Tell him I'm sorry. 
Make him understand. He will it. You too, Johnny. I'm... I'm sorry. I guess I don't know what else to say. Oh, forget it. But I still think I'd do it all over again. <laughs> crazy, eh? There are times we all go a little crazy. I got no right to ask, but if you would, I'd sure appreciate it. I mean, if you'd just shake hands with me. Oh, sure, Ed. Here you go. Honey, I... I can't, can't find your hand. It, it's dark. I, I can't see where... Right here, Red. Right here. Oh. I shake you ugly old son of a gun. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks for not... For nothing. So long, Ed. Item 17, $487.25, hotel and incidentals in Panama and transportation back to the States. Expense account total, $912.61. Am forwarding under separate cover by American Express, insured $62,112.30. End of account, end of report. Remarks? No, Mort, not on this one. Ed Morgan was my friend. The report stands. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, the imperfect alibi matter. A real weirdy, where a big lie turns out to be the one real truth in the case. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Jack Edwards, Russell Thorson, Thurley Mitchell, Stacey Harris, Bob Miller, Harry Bartell, Victor Perrin, and Frank Gerstle. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Hugh Brundage